0: Welcome to Pathways to Rural Prosperity, the podcast that explores the inspiring stories, strategies, and insights behind the growth and success of rural communities. We're excited to present our spinoff series, Espresso with Entrepreneurs, where we're brewing up captivating conversations with remarkable entrepreneurs for making a real difference in their rural communities. Whether you're a budding entrepreneur, an advocate for rural development, or simply curious about the transformative power of community-driven initiatives, Espresso with Entrepreneurs will inform, inspire, and equip you on your own journey towards a brighter, more prosperous future. Join me, Leanne Seiler, as we embark on this adventure, coffee in hand, uncovering the stories that shape our rural communities and exploring the many pathways to rural prosperity. Christian, it's so good to talk to you. It's YEC season in Kansas, and I couldn't think of a better person to have on the podcast to kick it off than Christian. Christian Callahan was one of the very first Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge winners I got to meet. And to be honest, I don't really know how many years you participated, but here in just a minute, I'm going to let you share your story with our listeners. I do remember, though, that maybe like a year or two later, you were already in college, I took a group of students up to K-State. My daughter was with us. We went to the business building. We visited with Dr. Jackson and some Manhattan area entrepreneurs. Anyway, I saw you walk by and I said, hey, there's Christian. Let's go say hi. And my daughter was mortified. She was appalled. She said, we can't just walk up to him and say hi. So you were already a YEC rock star status back then, all those years ago, before you became like the king of Aggieville and and everything. (laughs) But as they say, first coffee. So this is called Espresso with Entrepreneurs. So like all our guests, we want to know what your favorite coffee is.
1: Thank you so much, Leanne, first for having me. It's so good to catch up with you. And I love the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge. So always glad to visit about my experience with it. So to answer your question with coffee, I am actually not a coffee person, but weirdly enough, since probably middle school or high school, I love black iced tea. So I even drink in the morning too. I know most people probably have at lunch or dinner, but. I drink it all the time. Iced tea is my go-to and I actually have some on my desk in my favorite K-State Yeti right now.
0: <laughs> well, and as you can see on here, I have my coffee with me and this is something I hadn't tried before. My husband got it for Christmas and he hasn't opened it yet, but it's called Yellowstone Ranch House and it has Dutton all over it and it's a bit strong. Midnight tonight, I'm still going to be buzzing around probably. So we're going to jump right in. Let's start by having you briefly just introduce yourself. Tell us about where you grew up, your YEC adventures, all that, and what it's led
1: to. Like you mentioned, I'm Christian Callams. Originally grew up in Colby, Kansas a small farming community in Northwest Kansas. I grew up on a family farm there. We had wheat, soybeans, sorghum, anything you can imagine. I also was very active in 4-H and FFA. Growing up, I showed horses and cattle were my main projects, but of course participated in several others. Grew up on the farm there and got you know enriched with Kansas State University when I was in 4-H and FFA. So then went on and Went to K-State, studied ag business with an emphasis in marketing. And then I graduated from there and spent a couple of years in Kansas City working for a global marketing agency called VML. And I also spent some time working for Power and Light District with Kansas City Live. I know and that place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a very popular place for many. Recently, I guess it's almost coming up on two years now, but moved back to Manhattan, Kansas to work for the Kansas State Foundation and raise money for the College of Agriculture and some new initiatives we have going on. But as you know about me, I'm very much a part-time entrepreneur, have several businesses. And honestly, they started back with the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge about when I was a freshman and sophomore in high school.
0: So what was it? I mean, did you have an entrepreneurship class or was it like, there's money, I can win money or what really got you interested?
1: There was a lot of things that got me interested, but we had a teacher at Colby High School known as Mrs. Monk, Kim Monk. I believe she teaches at Oakley now, but she got me involved with it. So she taught all of our business classes and she did have an entrepreneurship course. And luckily, when I took that entrepreneurship course, she found out about the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge. This was maybe the second year of the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge, if not the first. And Duvall with Network yeah. Kansas, of course, <laughs> up the concept. And of course, I love money, but I love entrepreneurship too. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and kind of started there and had a number of businesses. My first year, I had Callahan Horse Sporting. My second year, I had the Tack Shack, and then my final year, I had CT Feeds, which was a business I actually owned and operated too.
0: That's the one I remember because didn't you have this like huge, huge display? Yes. You okay. I remember when you were taking that down and things, I thought, man, that is dedication to get that in and out of here. And then, of course, when my daughter did it, she had a display that we were lugging up and down the stairs to. And I thought, oh, I feel for his parents.
1: I think my dad thought it was crazy when I dreamed up that display, but we spent a few weekends in the shop building it. <laughs> You know, I have always been so passionate about marketing, even when I competed, it seemed like if there was a marketing award, I usually tried to win it. And I remember when we were able to have a booth at the state competition, I said, I wanted to make a splash and make sure people remembered me. So
0: in Hayes, was that the first year that they allowed the booths or did they from the very beginning? I don't know. I think that was the first one I had been to.
1: Since I was in the beginning of the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge, it kind of changed throughout the years. The first year I competed, they only did two regional events. We used to have booths there. And then the next year, I believe it was just more of a pitch and we didn't have booths. And then when I competed at Fort Hayes for the state competition, we got to have booths there. So (laughs) I think it kind of changed over the years, but it was so much fun and I'm so grateful for the program.
0: Well, YEC season for us, for those of us who work with Network Kansas, it's kind of like hunting season is to some people. I mean, we, it's crazy busy, but we love it. It's so cool, and it when you go and you hear the pitches and you see the booths and you talk to the kids and things, it really gives you renewed hope for Kansas, for the world, or you know, just so many cool kids finding solutions to problems and things. I love YEC.
1: <laughs> I love YEC too. I'm very thankful. I think. The best thing I see is always the relationships you make, just like you mentioned. It's like I had the great opportunity to meet you, Leanne, and so many others <laughs> that have supported I, I'm not,
0: I didn't pay him for that. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So you see people later, so like Made by Jade, you know, I remember she was one of the competitors and I remembered her and every once in a while I'll see somebody, It's like, I remember you. They had some of the college students also pitch the guy that has, is it Bungie? It's kind of like Uber, yeah. but it's with pickup trucks and stuff. He's gone big with that. And I'm kind of like, ah, I remember when. <laughs> I remember I when he pitched that.
1: Well, it's crazy too to see, even during the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge, whether it's the business they competed with then or the business they have now, it's like there was a girl from my high school. I know she opened her own salon. Of course, you mentioned Jade Archer with Made by Jade. I know she has took that business and then sold it. And I think she's working on new businesses. It's crazy, you know, the amount of things people go on to do. And and the best part is, I know after the YEC, we're constantly still communicating sometimes and saying, hey, do you have a connection for this? Or how'd you do this? <laughs> a great entrepreneurship network.
0: Oh, yeah, you meet the coolest people that year at Hayes. I remember Clifton Talbert was a speaker and he's one of my heroes. And so that was really cool to get to hear him. And they've had other good speakers too, but that was really cool for me to get to hear. So when you went on to K-State, did you do any of the pitch contests there? I didn't know how long they've had those. If that's been something fairly new or if they have had them for five or six years.
1: I think it was fairly new maybe when I started college or I may have been a few years into college. Believe it or not, I actually didn't participate in any... But I was part of some groups like the National Agri-Marketing Association, Mm -hmm. where we had teams and competed against other universities. And so it's so much fun because the YEC prepares you for so many of those different activities. But I will say I was a frequent at the Entrepreneurship Center. I would often stop by and see some of the faculty there and spent a lot of time in the business building at K-State. Yeah, that's
0: a cool building. When you were talking about why you see in some of the things, once you get started doing it, you know, something maybe doesn't work, but you learn from it. And then the next thing you do, you it just builds on it. And, you know, you learn more and more as you go along. And you may come up with a business that looks nothing like what you started with, but you learn all the way.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You're so right. And even to that point, the three years I competed, I had a different business concept each time. They all kind of revolved around the animal agriculture, but they all switched a little bit and I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes when I'm even building business plans for future businesses now, I still open those old business plans. Oh, <laughs> I did certain things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I've had bankers, you know, because we try to get judges from all different walks of life, but bankers are really good at it too. Try to get bankers in there and they will tell you it's this happened more than once. It's like when a young person finishes, they look over and say, I wish some of my bank clients would come this well prepared you know, even if you don't do very well at YEC at all, you're still miles and miles ahead of people that have never done it. You might be, you know, 40, 50 years old before you have to put together a business plan later. It's just an all-around good learning
1: tool. I, I so agree with you. Start when you're young and you can kind of learn the ropes because it seems the older you get, the busier you get. And it's hard to learn more things as you get older. And I'm so grateful for some of those classes I took and the mentors I had, like Mrs. Monk and getting to work with all the Network Kansas folks when I competed.
0: You were even a Network Kansas intern one summer, weren't you? That was before uh, I joined yeah. Network Kansas, but I was thinking you were.
1: Yes, yeah. I was. I got hired on to do some research and that's actually, it was with Jade Artser, who was oh. also a <laughs> participant as well. And I'm so grateful for Network Kansas and Duvall really took me under wing and so did Eric Peterson. And looking back, there's probably nothing I would have changed about my YEC experience.
0: Oh, how cool. Well, you did mention animals a minute ago. Well, kind of transitioned into something really cool that you're doing now. I love the Aggieville showdown. I love the whole concept of it. And you probably have no reason to know this, but I grew up near Manhattan, Kansas. I went to school at Riley County High School. And our big thing, our fun thing to do on Saturday nights was to cruise Aggieville for hours and hours and hours. And we'd usually end up the evenings at Rockin' K's or Mr. K's or I don't know if it's still there, Annie Mae's Parlor. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I it know was there's so lots well. of different places there now too, but there was no lights. There might have been some animals, but there was no livestock. And what is the story behind that? Because I think I could easily be wrong, but there's nothing like that anywhere else, is there?
1: No, there is truly really nothing like it. And just for the listeners who maybe never even heard of what it is before, so... The Aggieville Showdown, the first week of April in Manhattan, Kansas, and the Aggieville Business District, which I always like to say so people know, Aggieville Business District is the oldest business district in the state of Kansas that was formed. And it's essentially what our event is. It's a national cattle show that takes place in Manhattan, Kansas, kind of like your typical county fair. It first starts off like at the fairgrounds. We have exhibitors who compete in market beef, breeding heifers, and then also showmanship. And the top six of the market beef and breeding heifers exhibitors take their cattle down to Aggieville, where they actually get to show them. And then our judges select the top four for prizes. And so we actually set up a show arena in the streets of Aggieville, have a whole stage there. And there's a number of things that go on. We actually do a Western fashion show show. Live music. We have vendors out through all the streets, and then also, of course, the part everyone loves is having cattle in Aggieville. It's a crazy story about how it all started, and did it start over a beer or coffee? "Eh, It it, 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 may (laughs) have been a beer (laughs) on this one, (laughs) but I always tell people. So when I was in college, I did a lot of internships, and I grew up showing horses and cattle. I knew I loved marketing. I knew I loved events. So I interned for all these different stock shows across the country, including National Western in Denver, the American Royal in Kansas City, and then Nail in Louisville. And basically what I took away from all these stock shows is I'm so passionate about educating people about the agriculture industry and the beef industry. And basically we asked consumers to come to us to learn about agriculture. And I wanted to flip that narrative a little bit and thought, Why don't we go to the consumers? let's go to a consumer district that every Saturday night, people are always there. They're eating, they're going to different retail shops. And funny enough, a few of my classmates at K-State, we were actually at Mojo's Beach Bar one summer. We were all interns. I was actually an intern at Kansas Department of Agriculture. I remember we were just sitting there thinking and we were talking about our livestock show experience. And I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could have a grand drive in the center of Aggieville and actually bring cattle in the streets so we can truly put the ag in Aggieville? It was a crazy idea that, of course, probably thinking that we were a little too smart. We go back to my house, (laughs) get notebooks, start making plans. and, And then, you know, we got busy with classes and we're like, oh, there's no way, no way that anyone would let us do this. And It came around Christmas time. The semester was getting over, the fall semester. And I thought, it just kept on popping up in my head. I was like, I need to email Dennis Cook, who's the Aggieville Business Director at the Aggieville Business Association and emailed him this and he calls me and he says, you know, if it takes having cattle in Aggieville to bring more people to these businesses, absolutely, let's talk about it. And from there, the idea kind of, just expanded from there. I mean, it was basically just a few friends with a passion for agriculture and livestock show experience. Looking back, I can't believe what it's turned into.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I don't know how many people there were. How many people do you expect there this year compared to the first year you had it?
1: So the first year we had it, I think we had maybe around 100 exhibitors and maybe around like 90 head of cattle this past year, which was our third year. And now we're going into our fourth year. Last year, we had exhibitors from over 11 different states. We had 200 head of cattle, about 200 exhibitors. And then when it comes to the actual Grand Drive portion with the live music fashion show and cattle in Aggieville, we have about 2,500 to 3,000 people who come and watch the event. And that is
0: crazy. Well, and more more of us watched it on Facebook. I didn't get there, but I could, the drone footage was awesome.
1: The first year we did it, it was basically all volunteer and had a very small budget. And I remember a friend I grew up showing horses with, and believe it or not, her dad and mom was actually my 4-H leader for beef cattle. She was my fashion show manager. And I remember <laughs> she had to speak before me, and she grabbed me because we were backstage. And Opened up the curtain a little bit, and she's like, Christian, you will not believe how many people are here. And then it kind of hit me. I remember that moment. I was like, Well, there's no turning back now. <laughs> so,
0: gotta go out there.
1: Yeah, and so, it's been so much fun. And we love how people have embraced it. Our team feels so lucky to have exhibitors from so many different states. And we pour our hearts and soul into it because if we know someone's traveling over 12 hours to come to our weekend event, we want to make sure it is just absolutely fantastic experience for them.
0: I've typed man happiness in my phone so many times that now it does it. It autocorrects Manhattan to man happiness. You know, it's great that you're wanting those people to have that experience when they come to Manhattan and want to come back. Is there anything new or different this year? Or do you toy with it and add different things, you know, try different things, different times?
1: This year, nothing too crazy. But of course, every year, my dream is to go bigger and better on everything. So I'm pushing my team to do as much as I can to bring in different things, make it more unique. We're always trying to get bigger and better music entertainment for it. We highlight boutiques from across the country for the fashion show. Of course, you know we're just trying to give out more prizes, more money, and our vendors make it so special too. Like you mentioned, Land being a previous Network Kansas intern and. I also was an intern at Kansas Department of Ag for the From the Land of Kansas program. I'm super passionate about economic development. And so we tried to partner with as many businesses as we can to bring in as vendors and of course all the businesses in Aggieville. So we've had all kinds of things. We've had a mobile axe throwing unit come in before, all different kinds of fashion from all across the country. We've had... Someone who used to make candles out of liquor bottles and beer bottles. And so some like really unique business concepts that come in there. And so we're really excited to always see what vendors are gonna participate to make the experience even better. But I'd say the biggest change this year is just working through our music. And then of course we always have some more surprises on the big stage and last year to add a jumbotron which was exciting so we're always expanding to make it bigger and better and always love feedback too i don't have cattle
0: i do have a really big great dane that lives in my house he might pass for one so if i were wanting to be a vendor or are all those things already finished for the year i mean is everybody already booked and things or when do you have to do that by lots of people listen to this and may help you make this bigger and better
1: So if you go to AggievilleShowdown.com, you can go in there there's several tabs so you can be there's several things you can be you can be an exhibitor we just opened the entries on february 1 and you can come and compete so there's an entry portal there if you want to be a vendor there's a become a vendor tab you can be a vendor at the fairgrounds and aggieville business district if you own a clothing company you can be part of the fashion show And if you're looking for volunteer opportunities, we always have volunteers too. If you want to come have some fun in addition to all of those, you can always join us April 6th in Aggieville at 6.30 p.m. to experience what Aggieville is all about and how we put cattle in Aggieville.
0: That would be amazing. I really think now that we've done this, that's a work trip. I think I do need to go. I think I should yes, be there.
1: Yes, exactly. You <laughs> oh. need to come see one of your old wise and to bring some with you.
0: Yes. So when you're not busy, I kind of know part of the answer to this, but when you're not busy, like working for the foundation, working on the Aggieville showdown, you have some other things going too, don't you?
1: Yes, I stay busy. <laughs> I take on some special freelance projects as well for different businesses. But there's a number of things I love to do. I will say probably my biggest hobby over the past couple of years right now has been kayaking. So if I ever get a chance to go kayaking, I fit in my schedule. For my full-time job, I often travel across the country a lot. And one thing about work travel that's fun is you experience new places and a lot of time you get done with work. And I was actually just in Florida and went kayaking and then also Probably about a year ago, went kayaking in Michigan, too. And then my usual spot is either Tuttle Creek or the Kansas River in Manhattan, too. So have you been to Sea for a support? I have not. I could have come
0: to. out here, too. We kayak I out there.
1: <laughs> I need to. I've visited, of course, but I have not yeah. gone kayaking yet. So. Yeah.
0: When it's not windy, it's fun. There's been a few times where the wind got me and I had to carry my kayak back around the other side. But,
1: <laughs> exactly. Right.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So thinking back, and you shared a few of these things, but... Do you think you were just born with an entrepreneurial mindset or did, and you kind of halfway answered this, but you had mentors, was it FFA, 4-H, YEC? What really just solidified that for you?
1: I think it was a number of things, but I do think maybe I was born a little bit with entrepreneurial mindset. My parents will often tell the story of, we had a toy room at our house and we would put like all of our kids movies in there. And I used to set up like with a calculator and a notepad and I would try to sell my parents rentals for the movies that they own. And <laughs> so I've always had a mindset of starting a business, being in business. My the parents used to think it was so strange but i even loved getting office supplies as gifts when i was a kid <laughs> uh, probably things i should not be saying on a podcast but uh, i
0: have a grandson that wanted business cards to put in his little briefcase when he was i think he was seven so really? i think some people are just kind of born with that i really do but yeah. for those of us who are not born with it i do think you can learn it as well
1: I one hundred percent agree with you, and I've been so lucky to have great mentors. I mean, thinking back, my dad has sold a seed to farmers for years over thirty years, and kind of saw my dad be an entrepreneur in that aspect, and of course, I grew up on the farm, so I mean that's being a huge entrepreneur in many ways. I kind of laugh too because when I look at my parents, I think about my mom actually used to teach psychology and sociology at Colby Community College. And then my dad, of course, was an agriculture piece. And now I, I kind of fall in the realm of agriculture marketing and a lot of what I do or development. And it truly is a mesh of what my parents were doing that kind of blended in, I think, to what I took on as a career. But to your point, it was so much about mentors. I had a phenomenal ag teacher, Mrs. Sloan, and then also Mrs. Monk with my business teacher in high school. And they kind of help shape and mold me into having that entrepreneurial mindset.
0: And, you know, I can very often tell kids that we're in 4-H too, all those project talks and things come in handy when you're, they're not near as worried about standing up and talking in front of people and things. So that's always
1: helpful. Communication is key. I tell, <laughs> it seems like the older you get, you are just constantly communicating with people. And it's so important.
0: Exactly. Well, Christian, if you had one piece of advice for entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs, what would it be? And if you have more than one, we'll take that too.
1: I have a few things, but I'll be brief. I was thinking about you know this question and looking back what advice I would have. Looking at myself as a freshman in high school, as I started the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge, a few things that come to mind is dream big. Because when you're looking for investors for your business, they like big ideas. Then to kind of follow that, it needs to be unique. And then you also need to find a market. I think that's the biggest thing, especially in maybe some more rural communities. Be seeking out what people in your community is really looking for, whether that's a unique experience or it's a product that they need in the area that they don't have that would make them more efficient or reduce their cost. And then the other thing, especially as I think through some of my businesses, if If it feels stressful and you feel like you may be struggling, that's completely normal. (laughs) And it probably means you're on the right track. That's encouraging. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be way harder than you think it's probably going to be. But by the time you get to the other side, it's going to make you such a big person and you're going to be so glad you went through it. And then probably the biggest piece of advice I will say is relationships are everything. So keep that in mind as you're always working with people, feel free to get their opinions, their advice, because other people are often your customers or your coworkers or your employee or your business partner. So it's so important to have great relationships and you don't have to know everything, but it helps when you know someone who knows something (laughs) that you're trying to learn about. So it's always great to have a wide network through Network Kansas in the Youth Entrepreneurship Challenge, I made so many great friends and connections there, and everything I do now, I try to keep track of people. I I have friends from little internships that live halfway across the country, but we still text and call each other every couple months, and we pick up right where we left off.
0: I'm glad you didn't stick to one piece of advice. That was all all really good advice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I appreciate all, that. all excellent advice. How is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Would it be social media? Actually, some of these questions I had, I think you already answered. So like you go online and you find Aggieville Showdown and you can become a vendor. You can show your animals. You can volunteer, which I didn't realize you were looking for volunteers.
1: So that's yes. kind of cool.
0: How do you want to connect with people? Absolutely. Is the best way Instagram, Facebook? What do you do?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, when it comes to Aggieville Showdown, you're right spot on there. Go to AggievilleShowdown.com. That's a great way to connect with us. Personally, if you're just wanting to learn more about my entrepreneurial journey or have questions for me, advice, or ask me things not to do, I love LinkedIn. I hopefully embrace LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message. Always, always happy to expand my network and learn more. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. I do do social media marketing, but I think that actually makes me get off those apps more (laughs) because I see them as work. So (laughs) I love LinkedIn though. So feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. And if you're in Aggieville, April 5th and 6th, just find him somewhere. He'll be there. He'll be busy, but just find him.
1: Exactly. Once just make your way through the cattle and you'll find me. So, well,
0: thank you again, Christian. Thank you to our listeners for joining us and for all that you do in your rural communities to make the world a better place. Join us again soon as we continue to encourage one another on our entrepreneurial journeys over coffee or tea. Coffee or tea. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Christian.
1: Thank you, Leah.